Hi, I'm Darren Ellison Lee, Primary Director at United Learning, and in this podcast I'm exploring why as a trust and why as our group of schools we're focusing on developing and improving the quality of teaching for our learners in all our schools. What are the key priorities to secure continuous improvement in our schools? We've looked at our individual schools, we've looked at a range of research, and the research is quite staggering when you actually look at teaching. A pupil who's with a teacher who's highly effective, what they learn in six months can actually take two years to learn in a less effective teacher's classroom, which is quite staggering. And then when you look at in terms of effective teachers, top 25, and you look at the standardised scores of their pupils, not surprisingly, but the research is there really strong, they're in the top percents as well, and the reverse is the case. So teaching has a big impact on outcomes. That's for all pupils. Teaching also has a real big impact on closing gaps. And we've got this continual battle in terms of cultural capital and overcoming that. Where we've got really effective, high-quality teaching, those gaps are closing for pupil premium, non-pupil premium, but also for boys and girls, EAL, non-EAL. So it's a win-win. You improve overall, but you also improve for gaps. But some of the other research that I found particularly interesting is around stickability. You invest in raising the quality of teaching and learning and it sticks with the teacher. They become an effective practitioner, they develop the skill sets that tends to stay with them. Yes, new research will come on and you add to those skill sets, but there is a stickability with it from there. And interestingly, I was surprised at the level of stickability for pupils. So a pupil who has a highly effective teacher for 12 months, the benefit, the bonus that that gives, even if they have less effective teachers thereafter, stays with them for up to two years in terms of their outcomes and the work they achieve. Sadly, the reverse is the case. There is a level of stickability, not as long if you get a good teacher in, but a pupil with an effective teacher for 12 months, it can impact on their learning for another 12, 18 months thereafter. So the research is strong. We see in our schools where there's great teachers and great provision that we get those outcomes and progress for pupils. And therefore, as a trust, it was critical for us to actually engage our teachers in that research, in the language of teaching and learning, to improve those teachers through their CPD and their development, but also improving the outcomes and the experiences for our children and young people in schools. In terms of providing effective CPD, we know the research, again, shows very clearly that delivered in schools, local to there, within the context, has the greatest impact. But there is a real importance that the knowledge base and some of that key knowledge and skills that we need to be shared, we need certain leaders in schools being skilled up with those and having those debates. And within primary, we're really fortunate that we have the experience of the reading project where we based on our analysis did work in training key people across the whole country and then they went back working in their schools but also we had then some cluster based work so it was more local and as a result we went up three times the national averages so we've used that model as a trust in terms of developing training units that we're delivering regionally so that all teaching and learning leads have that work there is then follow-up base work 
work by key senior leaders across the Trust, school-based people who are supporting at a local level to deliver that training in school. But in addition to that, through the use of the United Learning Hub, materials through training units, facilitation notes, these podcasts even possibly, videos and research will support individual teachers and small groups of teachers to focus on areas that they want to develop. I would hope to see results fairly soon after CPD has been delivered in schools because if you've been doing training and development work with staff on what effective modelling looks like and how you use a scaffold appropriately within that modelling, there would be an expectation to teachers to go out and be trained that. And if that focus has been because you've identified that as an area for development within the school, then the staff will be improving their practice and learning will be accelerated. That's a result and that's an outcome. If we're saying numbers on doors in terms of percentage of children at ARE and how that changes, that's going to take a bit longer because you're going to need to embed and develop those practices. But over the next 12, 18 months, we should see that shift in the quality of teaching across our schools, which will lead to those increased outcomes for our pupils. I think we have always known intuitively the importance of teaching and learning. But within my role as director, one of the things that I've noticed, particularly as we've grown and more schools come into the group and we're reviewing practice and approaches in schools, is common things that you think, oh gosh, if we got that right in every school, that would really make a difference. And one of the difficulties of doing that is if you haven't got a common language and you've not got the common book on key things that you're talking about and actually adopting some key principles which are research-based and I've got the backup of those allows you to start framing those conversations and discussions and it's amazing how quickly leaders and schools are starting to engage on that. I think we need to be careful though that teaching and learning on its own is not going to just deliver better outcomes for pupils. There are other aspects of the work that we're doing as a trust that in a way make the jigsaw whole. So for example, if your behaviour jigsaw piece is broken and children are not coming in the class ready to learn, they're pushing and shoving, they're talking, they're not listening, your behaviour strategies are not appropriately in place, then even the great teacher with modelling, structure and rest is not going to have the impact. So behaviour strategies is one of the key strands of our work in supporting schools. Equally, another key aspect is the curriculum. Children have got an entitlement to key aspects of the curriculum, dependent on their year group, because they build sequentially year on year. And equally, there is the curriculum sequence that if I'm doing this work on fractions, what's the bit of the curriculum I need to know first? It'll help me know the next bit. And for teachers, it's important that they have the schemes of work, the planning and the support for them to develop that work, particularly, I would say, at primary. Because are you expected to be a subject specialist in every single subject and therefore if I'm in year five and I'm having to teach geography and that's not my specialism actually knowing this is what should be here for my children this year this is the unit I'm teaching now this is the prior learning that they should know so I can check on that and this is how I should sequence these lessons and here's resources to help me is key so we're supporting leaders in that way once you've got that in place that then supports the effective teaching and learning that would be happening in the classroom but then you've got to have that teaching and learning toolkit so 
for me, there's three key, very key pieces to the jigsaw. Effective behaviour strategy, an effective, strong knowledge-based curriculum with some resources to support the teachers so they can get that right. And then skilling the teacher in the pedagogy on how to actually deliver that content where children are wanting and ready to learn. Schools could take the agenda of school improvement on teaching and learning on their own, and morally they should do. But in some respects, it's doing it in a vacuum because that professional dialogue of challenging and sharing ideas and the capacity to generate that work. You know, my conferences that the subject advisors are delivering are all linking. How does that subject link to the principles of instructions and examples of that? Teaching and learning leads are having that. Early years teachers are having that practice. What does it mean as a leader to lead that practice? There's layer upon layers of additionality of support and challenge that's there but also you know we talk a lot about in continuous revision is around stealing with pride and one of the key things that we're doing we're looking for the best across our numerous schools capturing those sharing those and networking them across there so as a big group of schools you have that benefit locally in your clusters to share and develop your ideas but you have the benefit of the collective knowledge the training and the CPD opportunities and the opportunities to actually get the best. Even if you're in Portsmouth from what's happening in Manchester or happening in London, you share and we create those networks so it allows that agenda to develop far faster. I think one of the challenges for individual schools is to go at the right pace and on the right areas. And I really do think you've got to think about that CPD of embedding these principles in terms of the principles, if that makes sense. So when you're introducing it, small steps, build it in chunks for your teachers. When you bring in a new principle, think back to what else you've done that prior learning. If you can, either through videos from the Trust or through examples of your best teachers, model that in practice. Create a script for teachers so you've got the scaffold. So actually, that model for effective teaching and learning through the principles is the same for pupils as it is adults. And if schools think of it that way, after they've done a careful audit, then it should be that real success. It even comes into check for understanding because some of your teachers will be your high flyers and they're the high ability group that go off and get on with it and become your examples some others will need an intervention and that doesn't mean putting on capability or an issue it's actually maybe additional coaching opportunities to see it in more classes or more scaffolding provided for them it's exactly the same but don't expect here's the principles read about it here's the research get on with it then it will fail and it'll become too much for teachers need structuring of how schools are going to develop it and cluster leaders of teaching learning will support schools in actually thinking about how they're implementing that and embedding it within their schools. The teaching and learning principles are not new. They're not something that's totally alien, different. They're not a straitjacket. So as teachers external from the group, there's nothing to worry about being, I'm going to go in and it's a completely different teaching and learning approach. This is just solid good practice. The benefit is if you think, oh, well, actually, I don't know how to scaffold so well in maths. You go on the maths hub and there's examples of those scaffolding. So actually, the benefit of joining is that there's a commonality and equally there's resources to support your development and training on it as well. One of the things we've recognised within the primary team is that real gap in supporting teachers in terms of curriculum delivery. 
and therefore we've got a significant piece of work this year where we're actually looking at that curriculum entitlement what does the long-term plan mean what's the medium time plan and those schemes of work for individual subjects not so that it's a straitjacket that you must as a school or an individual teacher but I'm teaching that piece of work on a period of history I can go onto the hub access those resources and then I'll nuance that and change that slightly to reflect my children in the context but I don't have to start from scratch and especially if it's not my area of specialism that's a godsend but equally it's important for the children because we're ensuring that they get the highest quality of learning and the right knowledge at the right level and challenge for them If we're looking at in terms of achieving outcomes for pupils, statutory assessments, internal assessments within schools are all about assessing what do children know and what have they acquired and what's that additional learning. Anything that's effective teaching that supports that retention and knowledge and understanding is going to have the impact on improving outcomes for pupils. So that's key. At United Learning, we don't believe in being driven by Ofsted. The framework for excellence actually frames what we see as excellence. And to be honest, that's bigger than the Ofsted framework. But in the context of the development work that we're doing as a trust in terms of the principles of instruction and around curriculum, fortunately for our schools that may have worried, but I'd say don't worry because we know this is good practice, the new Ofsted framework is totally aligned to curriculum, depth of knowledge and understanding and actually teaching and learning is actually being talked about with inspectors in terms of cognitive science which the principles are based on so we're ensuring the best for our schools because it builds into our framework for excellence it just so happens that Ofsted are on a parallel agenda